know that's not really how microphones work, right? Like they do the amplifying for you. You don't have to yell louder for yes, they, do. they do do the amplification for you. <laughs> um, are, are we good to go? Yeah, we're good. Oh, okay. Hello, church. Um, this is Jesse Bays. We're here with another episode of Coffee Talks. I'm here with Matthew Simmons, um, the illustrious, the... The intern, the illustrious. <laughs> yeah. The, Those are my names. <laughs> the intern, the illustrious. Um, around here, we just call him... I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Matt the intern, that's what it is. Matt the intern. If there's one if there's one piece of advice I could give to anyone just right off the bat, Matthew, we're gonna get straight into it. If there's one piece of wisdom I could give to anyone who is thinking about having an intern or has an intern, it's this. Are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. When you feel, when you feel the power starting to get to your head, let it. You know what I mean? Okay. Just just embrace it. Earlier, Matthew was um, Matthew was in this room setting up all the podcast equipment, and I told him I had to go do something, and I came back <laughs> in, and I was eating a muffin and drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what that's what power looks like. Yeah, I don't know what you've done all day. Actually, I painted <laughs> a whole yeah. stage. I set up the podcast. You were just in your office doing something. <laughs> I was I was probably like playing like World of Warcraft. Wouldn't it be so funny if I if I just had you do all of my things and I was like yeah. I was I was like playing like RuneScape Classic Edition or something like that on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey Jesse, I'm not you're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> but what's that? What were you saying? <laughs> I gotta get to a save point. <laughs> no. Today we're gonna um interview Matthew, which is going to be fun, because I don't think a lot of you know Matthew. Um, in fact, yeah. as I say his name, you're probably saying, who is that? Um, I Matthew, don't think anyone outside of the production staff probably does. Yeah, I think I think probably mainly the tech volunteers and the worship volunteers. But Matthew's been helping us now for what, like four weeks, five weeks? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was longer than that. I don't know. Um, time is not my strong suit. Yeah, he is when, not, whenever he's this not a math intern. It was, it was uh, January, actually. January, or February. Cow. So a Beginning while now. of February, I think. Yeah, yeah. a while now. So um, he's been helping us out for a while now, just just doing a lot of trainings with um, our tech department. Matthew is getting his degree in what exactly, Matthew? Um, media communications with an emphasis in audio production. Holy cow, what a so, mouthful. Yes. Are you going to have to say that in every interview? I hope not. Yeah. I usually just tell people media communications. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So yeah, it's it's the whole it's filmography, documentary filmmaking, TV production, film production, audio mm. production, um, journalism. It, that's like the Journaling. broad. Yeah. <laughs> art, like creative, graphic design. Yeah. That's like the whole broad um, umbrella of communications. Yeah. And then my specific emphasis was audio production. So mm. along my way to getting my major in that, I got to step feet, foots. Sorry. Into all those different, uh, into all those different aspects of it. So I got to step feet, feet. <laughs> I got to put my foot in. I stepped both my foots in, into my mouth, right yeah, into my mouth. I can tell you're a journalism major. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, what? Um, I mean, what even? I mean, how do you even get into that, Matthew? Um. Where I mean, did it start? As, I want to know the I want to know the Batman origin story of Matthew okay. Simmons, the intern. Okay, well, my parents were killed. Wow, uh, <laughs> this is eerily similar. <laughs> um, no, I guess I just always liked music growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was involved in the worship team at church, um, everything like that. I learned guitar at an early age. I learned to sing everything. Um, So I guess at first I just wanted to be able to um, make a living off that. I guess like everybody wants to be like a rock star, like a pro, like athlete when they grow up and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But then as you get older, it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that most likely. So like, what are other ways that you can stay involved? And it's like, okay, like behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. mixing, recording studio, live production, everything like that. Um, I got involved with a guy I played volleyball with. His dad owns his own live production company. Yes. Club and, um, at school. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm no, so yeah, sorry. you're fine. Hey, go ahead. But no, so I got involved in him. He did a lot of live, um, live production with events and concerts. He also did a lot of installs, uh-huh. things like that. So all through high school and then even first few years of college, I uh, I was exposed to that. That gave me a lot of good experience. Mm. Um, and then I actually went to college for audio production. So yeah, 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 but. In between those two things, you were and are a Marine, right? Yes, I took Am a, I making that up, or have you been making that up? <laughs> yeah, I've been lying the whole time. Stolen valor. <laughs> just like my wife. I've made her up, too. Yeah, I've actually yeah, I've never just made up Matthew's a whole wife, persona. Nor have that. I ever seen her. So we're just not entirely sure if Matthew... Like, like how deep does this go, Matthew? You know what I mean? Like Deep. <laughs> All the way to the top. Yes. My internship's going to finish, and I'm going to disappear <laughs> off the face of the earth. How long have you been a Marine? Um, I joined right out of high school. I took a year off. Um, so 2016, I went to boot camp. I did my MOS school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once that was finished, I went to college. So yeah. after that, it was just um, you know one weekend a month, two or three weeks every summer. Mm-hmm. So it's been five and a half years, and yeah. I get out this October. Oh wow! So, yeah, congratulations. You mm-hmm. your your role in the. So I started off um, in the infantry, and yeah. then I was for those who don't know me, which is everybody. I I lived in Pennsylvania. That's where I grew up. So that's where I originally was. That's where my unit was. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started going to school at Asbury in Kentucky. So I switched units to a military police unit, and I've been there ever since. So infantry, hey, well, thanks military for your service, police. Man. Thanks for your service. Uh, you're from Pennsylvania. Yes. So the question on everyone's mind, I'm just going to ask it. Are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. Wait, are you actually able to maybe guess what it is? Um, what it is? You're going to ask me if the roads are really bad. No, that I is that is that a trope? I don't know that. They're terrible. It's really? The, they have the worst roads um, No, ever. I was going to ask you, um, have you been to the Electric City? Have you been to Scranton? What no, you've never I been to Scranton? No, I've I've really never ventured far from like the <sighs> the South Central Harrisburg Man, area. I cannot imagine. So, are you an Office fan though? Are you an Office fan? No, I don't really like the Office. Who I did are watch. You? I did watch Space Force though on Netflix. That's not the same uh, thing. It's not the same thing. That's nowhere no. near the same thing. No, I tried. I've tried to watch oh, The Office. I've tried to watch Friends. And I'm just not a big fan. Like, it's not, I know a lot of people love it, but it's not that'd for be me. Like, that'd be like you saying, Jesse, have you seen Prince of Bel Air? Do you like it? And I say, no, but um, I like I Am Legend. You know what I mean? Just like a very different <laughs> thing. 
<laughs> it's just like a very different thing with the same actor. Well, these are both sitcoms, you know. <laughs> okay, so sure. That, that's I mean, why I, guess. I I don't know myself either because like I like a ton of sitcoms. Me and my wife watch them all mm-hmm. the time, but it's just The Office and Friends I can never get into. What are you and your wife watching right now? You and your wife and. For those of you who are at home, um, I'm using air quotes because we're just not sure. Al- at this my point. alleged wife. Yeah. Um, well, we just finished uh, Space Force. Before that, mm-hmm. we had watched um, American Housewife. Um, we rewatched Big Bang Theory, Young Sheldon. Yeah, classic. Uh, classic. Yeah, Modern Family is one of our favorites. We love Modern well, Family. Plus, so you're a big sitcom guy. Um. Yeah, it's just like one of the entertainment forms that we both really like. She's not a big movie person or like a serious drama TV show person. She likes just like the light, like not too emotionally involved. That's Maybe so do some homework in the background. I can't get Katie to watch anything that's like really lighthearted. Okay. Like she only likes, like we just finished a show on Netflix called Seven Seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a really intense crime drama that's like also making like a really strong stance on like, race and violence and things like that and it was very mm. intense and it's very heavy and i literally cannot get her to watch anything else that's like not in that zone it's so okay. weird okay it's, i don't, I lizzie loves watching like svu but only yeah. when it's like nighttime and she's home alone because it scares her for some reason <laughs> but she's she loves to watch it it's like it's like weird but yeah, that's funny. You're you're a Christian. Yes. Um, wh- what was it like being a Christian and being a Marine? Well, I guess like what is it like? Because you're not out of it yet, right? Um, I think it, it is interesting because you. It kind of depends on, I guess, what type of Christian you are, like what beliefs that you hold hmm. to. Yeah. Um, depending on how you act, because I know there's there's been some people who I've met where it's just like, okay, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't drink at all. I don't use any tobacco products. Don't mm-hmm. curse around me or like people in command. They're like, or if they're Christian, like you're a commanding officer, they're like, okay, everybody under my control, I'm not going to let them do any of this either. Really? So it's been, it's been like that aspect. And then on the flip side, um, it's just been really cool dudes that you run into where, uh, you know, they just like, you notice they act a little bit different. They're a little mm-hmm. bit more generous, um, things like that. Um, so it's a, it's a cool contrast kind of seeing, uh, how, uh, it's just like, oh, you, you act normal. You act like a Marine, like you're in the military, but like, you can tell that they're just a little bit nicer, more caring. Hmm. Um, it's a, lot, a little bit more like willing to forgive or actually invest in people. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. like, what are, um, I mean, you already started listing things, but like, um, I mean, what are qualities of like a person you can tell like, oh, I mean, this is, this is a Christian, um, or like, um, or do you have any stories where you met, um, a guy or a gal in the Marine Corps and you're like, oh, like they weren't like overt about it, but I'll, I immediately knew like, oh, this, this person follows Christ. Um, I don't think there's ever been anything super over. I mean, some people, you know, they'll have like a cross chain or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but normally it's just, uh, it's just little things you pick up on. Like, I don't want to get into it super 
uh, detailed here on the podcast, but you know, the military, especially the Marines, very kind of vile and vulgar sometimes, very sure, adult. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you can just see people who won't participate in a like overly sexual conversation, things yeah. like that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Or they'll just be like, you know, like, hey, like what's going on at home or whatever. Be like, oh, like, I went to I went to church or I'm struggling with this or that or mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know, just, you know, it's just your boys hanging out with. So you get to talk with them and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So you kind of you learn who they are as people. So you can you get to learn like, OK, like you're you're religious, you're Catholic, you're Muslim, mm-hmm. you're Christian. It's a it's a wide range. Yeah. So. Yeah. I bet there's a ton of diversity in there. Mm hmm. I bet there is a ton of diversity just like in in the people you meet and things like that. Yeah. So then what's it like coming from a space like that, right? Where there are people who are like all over the spectrum of faith, right? Coming to an area now in Bowling Green where the majority of people would say whether they are or not, yes, I am a practicing Christian, right? So what's, mm-hmm. I mean, what's that kind of transition been like? Um, do you, are there any things you noticed that like really stand out to you or what do you think? Um, no, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a big difference really because, um, my unit in Lexington, it's from people drive hours. So like I'm, I'm living in Bowling Green, I'm driving two and a half hours mm-hmm. up to Lexington. People are driving from Indiana, Ohio. So it's a big group of the surrounding area where people are coming from. So you see a lot of that. I would say, um, in general, I would think, I think Bowling Green is, more openly Christian, I guess, than probably Lexington is mm-hmm. just cause there's a lot, uh, it's a city. There's a lot more young people there, mm-hmm. um, in Lexington. So I think the concentration of churches, especially in Bowling Green is mm-hmm. way higher, maybe just cause it's a smaller, a smaller town. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a different atmosphere from Lexington. It's a, it's a little bit smaller, more, uh, yeah. more, um, not, not more country, but kind of a little bit more yeah, country. A bit. So a little bit. it's all, yeah. It's like it's a more country. It's like more outdoorsy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um. You uh uh you, um. I'm guessing you found Christ when you were in high school. Uh, I was raised in a Christian family. Okay. Um. So, I grew up with that. Um. And then, over like through high school into college, things like that. At different points, I've, um gone away from it to certain degrees, just getting away from like the, I was raised this way. So that's what I believe Mm -hmm. to, okay, what do I act? Not, not how was I raised? What do I actually believe as an adult? Um, so it it changes your perspective a lot and some of your beliefs a lot when you, um, when you start to deconstruct a little bit like that and try to figure out for yourself what you actually believe versus what, uh, you grew up to be just, just simple things like, uh, my first Sunday here, we had Megan preach, and that was something that never happened at my yeah. church growing yeah, up. Yeah, sure. Um, so that was uh, one of the things that myself, like getting away from, um, like just like one of the first things, just like growing up, especially our generation, yeah. we kind of we just think so much differently than our parents did and generations before mm-hmm. them. So it's just mm-hmm. obvious things. It's like why, like why women preaching why all this yeah everything like that and it depends a lot on the denomination too i was raised baptist um which i'm i just say i'm non-denominational now yeah Um, sure well so 
deconstruction now is like um is like a really um uh it's like a hot term there's like a, a hot lot topic of, when it comes to faith right now yeah right and there, there's different kinds too i think there's a lot of people who are um, I had my friend explain it to me this way. Like there's people who deconstruct just for deconstruction sake. Mm. And there's people who deconstruct with the goal of eventually reconstructing yeah. towards what they actually believe. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's a good way to separate. Um, yeah. What, and so you would say you've been through that then you would say, you know what? I, I went through a deconstruction. Um, probably, probably several. Yeah. Just about just like, uh, certain topics at a time almost where it's yeah. like, I think about this one topic yeah. kind of form a belief around it and then be like, Oh, now I'm, I'm thinking about something else. I'm kind of deconstructing that mm. aspect or. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I think, I think the, it's an ongoing process yeah. just like throughout your entire life. Mm. Mm. This is good. Cause I meet a lot of, I mean, parents especially, but just like, people in general and they're in the church and they're looking at their loved ones and they're saying, okay, my loved one is like definitely going through a deconstruction where they're sitting down and they're questioning, okay, these are the things I've been taught. Like, do I actually believe these things? You know what I mean? And like, Mm -hmm. like really having, um, the generation ahead of us called it like a crisis of faith, right? Where you're saying like, okay, is, is this thing that I've believed my entire life that I've been taught is true? Is this, is this actually true? Right. And, um, if you were sitting down with some of those loved ones right now who were worried about them, you know what I mean? Who were worried about their own loved ones. Um, what like advice would you give them? You know what I mean? Like how should they, go forward with conversations with their loved ones who are going through a deconstruction. You know what I mean? Like what are some mm-hmm. things that you can do? Um, what are ways you can help that? I mean, I've, I've gone through the same thing with, you know, my parents worried about me and everything like that. Cause mm-hmm. they have their beliefs and anything that differs yeah. makes them worried. Cause obviously they, they believe what, what they think is correct and everything like that. But uh, I would just say uh, it's important to distinguish like, you shouldn't be mad at somebody for deconstructing because they're deconstructing, especially about like the topic, like, because there's, there's a, um, I forget what they're called, but there's like a, um, salvation or something beliefs. And then there's things there's non like yeah salvation, like, a like, um, I forget, I forget what the term is. I'm trying to think of yeah. what it is, but it's just like, Oh, I believe like, like like seven really day core seven, beliefs or yeah like, there's like core beliefs like seven day creation versus like a million years of creation yes. like no matter what you believe that does not affect the end mm. result it's not yeah. a it's not just like a well i don't believe god is god like that's right. that's like a like a big thing where it's like well if you get that wrong then you have the faith wrong in general, mm-hmm. but it's just like, Oh, just varying beliefs on length of creation and different things like that. They're not like, they're not going to send somebody to hell. So yeah. I think it's important to um, just like consider what the topic someone mm-hmm. deconstructing is like how, like the treatment of LGBTQ and like how the church treats them, how the church treats women, um, different views on, 
um, again, length of creation mm-hmm. or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, drugs, alcohol, different foods, just like those things. Um, yeah. That's a lot of what I think deconstruction is. And a lot of that is not, um, it's become more political than actual faith-based, I think. Sure. Um, yeah. So. No, I think it's really know. good advice. Um, I was sitting with high schoolers like a couple months ago, and we were going through the book of Jonah. And I told them, you know, a lot of biblical scholars, you know, mean, like, like Christians think that Jonah um, was it an actual historical account and that Jonah was actually just like an allegory. Um, and, mm-hmm. and they started to get like really mad or really upset and be like, well, there can't be Christians then. You know what I mean? Like, like how can they be Christians and think that this isn't like an, an actual event? And, and mm-hmm. we had a long conversation where like, I I just had to sit with them and be like, hey, if this is an allegory and not an actual story, what does that do to your faith? Yeah. And, and they would have to like sit and think and say like, uh, um, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then, and then just like a recognition that like, okay, just because you have been taught like all of these things, you know what I mean? Doesn't mean that all of those things that like, some person has said have to be true there there are like these like massive truths that you're talking about right that like mm-hmm. jesus is the son of god and that like he came to die for our sins and and through that we are justified right and then then there are, are the rest of the truths of scripture right jonah jonah is true and there's truth in jonah whether or not that's a historical accounting, right? And if mm-hmm. if your whole faith is built off of, like, if, if your whole walk with Christ is built off of the fact that Jonah has to be a historical yeah. accounting. Yeah, interpreting everything the Bible says literally and Yeah, exactly. or if it's, or if your whole walk with Christ is, is built off the fact that, okay, um, it has to be, a seven day creation, right? Or if your whole walk with Christ is is built on some of these more political issues, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then like all of that's gonna crumble as you start to like walk through your life and your opinions change. Right. Yeah. And 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 you see other opinions change and 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 you learn more about God and all those things. Like, like my opinions now about everything are drastically different than what they were when I was in high school. You know what I mean? Just like mm-hmm. so different. If and if my faith was built off of my opinions from back then, then like I wouldn't have faith right now. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people are going through what you're talking about, right? Because like oftentimes we're teaching a thousand little issues as if they are the core issue right yeah i mean like i'll just keep using this example right like we oftentimes we teach like a seven day creation as if if that's not the way that it happened then like all of christianity is void you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and like i don't think that's what the bible really teaches you know what i mean like i don't think that's 
I don't really see that there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not that I don't think there's, not that I don't see the seven day creation, but I don't see that our faith was ever meant to hang on things like that. You know what I'm saying? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. I kind of went off on a rant there, Matthew. No, that's I'm okay. sorry. That's just no. part of being my intern. You have to sit down and listen <laughs> to things like that. That's actually what this is. We're actually not pushing out this episode. I just wanted to talk to someone about okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> We're just chilling, just hanging out. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I think um, one of the biggest things that me and a lot of other young people are experiencing um, is that we we ask those questions and we kind of change our beliefs um, about, again, littler issues like that. Um, and the amount of like pushback and mm. almost hate that we get from the church itself um, just like asking is just unbelievable. And it, it's sad because it turns so many people off, but like believers who are questioning yeah. and then non-believers the same. Um, I've just like, okay, well, I thought like the, it's just a bunch of like hypocrites then. Like I can't ask any questions. Like, yeah. again, like there's, there's a difference between like blind faith and actual like wanting to understand, but still having faith. Mm. And I think that turns, that turns a lot of people off from church just because, uh, again, like not, not all churches are like that. Like I've, I've really liked being here because I haven't experienced any of that here. Mm. But a lot of other churches I've been to have been that way, where it just seems like a, I, like I wouldn't want to bring a visitor here because it's like even me, like as a member, don't like some of the stuff they're yeah. saying or like agree with it. So like, what would a visitor think and things like that? Yeah, and and that's so hard too because you look at the life in the ministry of Jesus and it's so opposite of that, right? Like Jesus is always answering questions or is asking questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are are very few times where Jesus is just like randomly giving a sermon. It's always like out of a response of a question, or it's always like, like um, asking a question. And all of the questions are like on things that like the Pharisees would have said, Oh no, like this is like unquestionable, right? Like how dare you question this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and Jesus is so open and for asking and, and answering questions. Yeah. That's really sad. One of the things that I love that Weston does is anytime we get into a more controversial topic, um, he's like very quick to say, hey, this is what I think. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of very smart people on all sides of this conversation, but this is what I think, which I think I think that's like a good a good way to answer like any of those questions, right? Like when a person is like really struggling with something and you say, well, you know what? Like, like there are really smart people who believe in a seven day creation. There are really smart people who don't believe it. And they think it happened like this, you know, this is what I think, right? Like, I think that opens the door to a lot of grace. Right. Yeah. And, um, my, my best friend, he's in seminary right now. He's getting his MDiv. Hmm. Um, he was my roommate in college. <laughs> You're my best friend. <laughs> but uh, he said that's like one of the scariest things for him is because he's done his own deconstruction and everything, especially as he goes through seminary. And actually, mm-hmm. he actually yeah. learns like from original texts and original translations and all this thing and kind of um, just like diving more into his beliefs. He said the scariest thing is that like he's making it his whole job 
he's going to be a pastor. He wants to start mm. a church and everything like that. Yep. And he's like, but there's all these different interpretations and things that people believe. And the Bible says, like, I don't remember exactly what it says, but like, if you're a teacher, like you'll be judged the hardest yeah. based off of what yep. you teach. And he's like, that's the scariest thing for me because yes. what if I'm teaching the wrong thing? Like, what if I believe what I believe is not mm-hmm. actually either um, the truth or what if it's just something that's like more little or meaningless when it comes to actual salvation and belief, but it's it's being pumped up and all this yeah. other stuff. So yeah, it is, it is, he says it's a very scary thing. It is a tremendously scary thing right because you think about like like all these people who are on totally different sides of the camp right on almost every issue right and what and what i really think it comes down to is like um like really keeping the main things the main things right like major on the major minor on the minor right like Mm -hmm. like if i'm making a minor thing a major thing well then i'm definitely teaching wrong yeah. Right. But if I'm if I'm keeping a minor thing, a minor thing, well, then like, how wrong could I actually be? Right. When like we all know the majors, they're very clearly laid out in scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and all all the minors are vaguely laid out in scripture for the reason that they are the minors. You know what I mean? Like, like the reason there isn't a biblical emphasis on it is because probably there's not like a whole lot of Christian emphasis on it, right? It, do, it doesn't mean they don't matter. It just means it's not the the central point of our faith, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I've been ranting all day. I need to drink less coffee. I, <laughs> we, it's okay. we call I, this I, coffee talks. And so Matthew, I always, I always feel this like extra pressure to drink coffee during this but it's like already while i've had a couple uh-huh. of cups of coffee so like i yeah. just get sticking jazzed okay i'll i'll go home like i'll go home sometimes and it'll be three or four o'clock and i'll realize i've drank nothing but coffee <laughs> since 8 a.m yeah <laughs> and like i'll try to work out and i'll be oh, like man. almost about to pass out because it's just all dehydration <laughs> caffeine we we had this meeting the other day matthew and it was like a two-day meeting and it was great we learned so much about like assimilation and stuff like that but um um, I'm just not good at long meetings. And so like, I just kept drinking, drinking coffee mm-hmm. and I went home and realized like, man, I've had like 12 cups of coffee today. <laughs> and, and, uh, the day after those meetings, I woke up and for the first time I was like, oh no, I need coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not good for me. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm in trouble. So I've just been, um, in a little bit of a rut, just constantly needing coffee. Hey, um, okay, so I've, I've, experienced that too because when i was deployed the coffee intake skyrockets oh, wow i bet it does so, man yes it I was because you have you know coffee or an energy drink in the morning yeah. and then like around like middle of your shift you're like man, i need to pick me up so like <laughs> you have like some soda or like another energy drink yeah. you have another one towards the end of the day then you're like all right i'm gonna hit the gym i'm gonna take my pre-workout everything so like we were adding it up by the end of the day you have like a thousand to fifteen hundred milligrams of caffeine, which is way more than you're supposed to have per day. I don't know what it is, but it's like almost double that. I think this is really and, funny. Uh, I hope everyone at home and that's that a can daily see. thing too. Yeah. So I came back and I woke up the first morning being home, and I was just like, I I need something. <laughs> I hope <laughs> where's, where's the Keurig? Where's a gas station for an, like? Where's something? I hope everyone 
can see the level of struggle that um like we both went through like i'm over here talking about a two-day meeting and matthew's talking about like being deployed (laughs) you know what i mean like i'm such a baby uh yeah hey uh i just had to one-up you a little bit (laughs) hey uh you've you've been here for a while what is one prayer that you have for our church as you look at our church um i would say for this this might not sound as as good as uh, or as beneficial as some other things, but I would say to. for uh, the production team mm-hmm. and everything involved in that for everyone to be actually passionate about mm-hmm. what they're doing, not just uh, like oh I volunteer here on Sundays I'll come in I'll yeah I'll sit behind the desk or run the camera or whatever like. Uh, the best way to get the best, like not a performance, but it is a performance. It is a production. It is getting aired. And the best way to just make it the best it can be, which is my whole, um, one of my whole jobs of being here is if everyone involved is actually passionate about what they're doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I do like, I'm not saying I don't see that. Like I do, I definitely see a lot of passionate people who are involved. Um, so I would just say for that to, that to keep up and just try and be as best as it can be. Yeah, and I think I think that's massive too because like when you think about it, like like yes, like Weston is like physically preaching the gospel, right? And our songs, like they literally contain like the gospel, but like our our um production team like they're like the engine of that car. You know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. if a sound guy is like is like not there to mix it, it's not going to go anywhere. If it's yeah. if it's not there on a camera, it's not going to go anywhere. If it's not there with like all these other roles, like it just isn't going to go anywhere. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. role is like such a like powerful powerful role like within the kingdom. You know what I mean? Like it's huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. So yeah. Um, and I think um, was it David, the bass player, who we had on? Who uh, said it? Or ben. Ben. Okay. Yeah. I don't know where I got David from, but we were talking with him, and it was we were talking about how much of it is like performance, how much of it is like worship to God through what you're doing, and I think it it can go too far. But for me, I know I just can't get into it at all. If like, if it doesn't sound good, like if something's off, like yeah. again, it, it should be just like, it shouldn't really matter about that. But <clears throat> when something's wrong, it can take you out of the, like the emotional or spiritual experience that you're having. So yeah. I this- think, I think it's a good, it's a needed balance to find between um, hmm. when is it just a flashy performance and when is it just, the best that we can do to make that emotional, spiritual, and actually get people, um, you know, actually into yeah into worship and what they're doing. Yeah, well, and and like also like this concept of like a performance in in worship and like and like having to stay away from that is like so new. You know what I mean? Like no one walked into the Sistine Chapel and and said, "Man, this is way too flashy." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like no one listened. To like Vivaldi's pieces on on faith or 
Handel's Messiah um, and was like, oh, you know what, man, this is a, this is all just a show. Yeah. Because I mean, if, if you have a gift, you want to use it to the absolute yeah. best that you can. Yeah. Otherwise, you feel like you're, you're just cheating yourself out of that. You're not actually living up to your potential. Yes. And like, and like beauty inherently gives glory back to God. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like you walk in front of the gang in front of the Grand Canyon and you say, wow, you know what I mean? And it's impossible to do that and not think about a creator, right? Like it's, it's impossible to do that. And in the same way, like that's like what our worship should be like. Or like it should be filled with so much beauty that a person would walk in and say, wow, is God real? I mean, like that's what worship mm-hmm. has like always been. That's what the arts have always been in the church. That's why art, that's why the church has always been like the driving force in arts is like only because the church has always understood beauty always points people back to God, right? Which is why mm-hmm. um, here on Good Friday, we're doing an art show where we're just going to allow anyone just to bring their art and they can put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for that. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I want to get more artists in our church. Um, I just think it's a huge thing. I think it's a huge thing, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your um, um, philosophy of worship? So, uh, yeah. Because um, I, I kind of studied under my worship pastor at yes. my other church when he yes. was helping me first starting and he had he kind of went too in depth with it i think um but he would have a whole thing where he would like uh he would choose songs that he likes and then he would actually dive into them to make sure they were yep. like theologically like sound and everything like that and then yep. he would I just like tie everything up together and blah 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 yep. like cuz there were songs that we would like try to do I think it was like Oceans. We really liked Oceans when it first came out yeah. before everyone hated it because it got played all the time. Yep. And uh, he was like, no, we're not doing Oceans because of like this line or that line. Yeah. So like when you're um, going through and choosing like worship songs and things like that, like do you actually, uh, is it just like glaring things or just like, oh, this is a, this is a good tune. I think it really connects with people. What's kind of the process for yeah, that? Yeah, so in terms of worrying about it be, being too in-depth, you've kind of stepped into a bear trap. <laughs> um, um, I, I'm, um, I'm a nerd about this stuff. So in terms of philosophy of worship, that's like a super long conversation. In terms of how I pick songs, um, um, I go through the, what I call the path values. Right. And so there's, um, it's an acronym because churches love those, right? They do. Um, and these are in no particular order. The P stands for, um, participational, right? Like, is this a song that everyone can sing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is this, is this like a singable song or emotionally, is this a song that most people are able to participate in right so Mm -hmm. there's a song called um talking to jesus right um and it's 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 a really popular worship song we don't do it here um because like it tells 
the story of a person's like testimony and it's very specific right and the reality is like not everyone has that exact story mm-hmm. and so and so we're not able to sing that right mm-hmm. but um yeah um p is for the participational a um path right so a is for um awe and majesty as to convey the awe and majesty of God, which is what we're talking about with the arts, right? Like it has to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it can't be um, um, just an objectively bad song. Mm-hmm. It yeah. has to be one that like really says, oh no, this is beautiful. And just and just like the Grand Canyon, right? Like, wow, God must be real, right? Because this is real. Um, T is truth, right? It has to be true. Um, the truth's, that are in it has to be true. Um, and this is another thing, right? Like minoring on the minors, majoring on the majors, right? Like, is this a song that majors on the majors and keeps all the minor things like a minor, right? And so, um, but it also means, okay, this has to be filled with truth. There's um, um, a writer that I love who says that Picking worship songs is like putting prayers on the lips of the people, right? So I have four, sometimes five songs in order to do that every week. I'm not going to waste mm-hmm. a single one of those songs, right? I'm going to make yeah. sure every song has like substance, right? And it serves a purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then H, which um, I'm sure by now you were... You regret asking this question. Um, no, H no. It stands for um, historical. Um, and it's all about, okay, does this connect with the historical church in any way? Right? So is this is this reminding us of an event maybe that was in Scripture, right, where it's showing us, hey, God was faithful then. Um, is it um, tying back into the early church in some way? Is it a song that echoes um, a hymn that's been done for thousands of years, right? Like it has to be, um, have some sort of connection to the historical story of God, right? Um, okay. In the church. So those are the path values on how I pick songs. Now, mm-hmm. philosophy of worship, that's a massive <laughs> thing that I won't get into, but I will say that um, my personal mission statement as a worship pastor, and I'm going to say this sentence and then I'll be done talking about this, I promise, <laughs> um, is that we equip God's people to use God's glyphs for God's glory. Um, and that's all I do. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That was the no, time. Yeah. That's, that's what I was looking for. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, let's, let's go ahead and pray. Um, um, that prayer that you said a little while ago, do you, do you want to pray or do you want me to pray? Uh, you can go for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. God, God, you are kind and you are holy. Um, we do ask, Lord, that you would move in the way um, our church does production. We ask that you would 
set our hearts on fire for beauty um, and knowing that you are a, a God who all beauty represents. Um, we um, pray that you move in the hearts and in the lives of everyone who is going through some sort of reconstruction, especially in our church, God. Um, and, and I especially ask right now, Lord, that you bless Matthew um, in, in the rest of his internship and in deciding what he's going to do after it. Um, in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. 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 It's I'm, good to be in front of a mic this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have you in front of a mic. So mm-hmm. if you will tear all this down, I'm going to go eat a muffin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll find you passed out in your, in yeah. your thing. Food coma. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. See you, buddy.